Welcome back to the Lovely Craftians, dear listeners. I don't necessarily have a recap for you because this episode is different. We are going to let the spooky crew have a much-deserved rest on a Tuesday night, and instead, we're going to step backwards on the timeline to Monday night. While the spooky crew is off hunting haunts in Graceland Cemetery with Clay Harper and the SAD team, other characters weren't sitting idly by. This episode, while funny at times, is going to hurt. On top of the usual adult themes and language, this episode features heavy emotional manipulation, psychological trauma, family trauma, and betrayal. And if you're not in the right spot or don't have the brain space for it right now, please skip it. You can always come back later. Because the tone is so serious compared to our usual episodes, I'm not going to do a silly ad mid-roll. This episode, we highly encourage you to check out Jeff Stevens' latest D&D supplement on Kickstarter, The Pot-Bellied Kobold's Guide to Villains and Layers. It's full of 30 unique NPCs, magic items, lair maps, and tips for creating unforgettable villains and their abodes. Some amazing content creators have contributed to this project, including H.H. Carlin, Ed Greenwood, Justice Armin, Ginny Loveday, and more. Search for Potbelly Kobold's Guide to Villains and Lairs on Kickstarter and back it today. You'll probably work up an appetite doing that, and that's where Dwarven Rations comes in. Hailing from the Bermuda Rum Cake Company, these tasty treats each come with a mystery TTRPG die in every box. Whether you're a traditional lemon and vanilla, classic chocolate, fruity swizzle, or pumpkin spice person, there's bound to be something there for you. Go to docglass.com slash dwarvenrations for more info. That's D-O-C-K-G-L-A-S-S dot com forward slash dwarvenrations, all one word. Lastly, this episode would not have been possible without our guest stars. Lucas Duff from Ballad of the Seven Dice, Andrew Palmer from Chasm Quest, and Matt Surges from Multiclass Theater. I know I say it every time, but they're truly amazing people making truly amazing podcasts, and we're just beyond lucky to know them and get to play with them. Go check out their podcasts and leave them reviews on Apple and give them all the love. They deserve that and so much more. All right, that's enough out of producer Cassie. Let's tear through some tissues together. Time finally starts clicking to the end of what has been a very busy day, but it isn't over just yet. How have you set up the room for your final patient? Uh, well, I do know that this patient really enjoys relaxing atmospheres, cartoons, and just not a lot of work talk. So uh, I've made this as formal as possible. I've uh, turned the AC completely down, even though it's, it's quite warm today outside. Uh, so it's off. Uh, closed all the windows to make sure we keep a nice stagnant flow. Uh, and I've lit a few just overpowering incense that people often use to like cover up that they were smoking pot. Uh, so I have those going. And uh, I have uh, an answering machine that I could pretty much have it like playing and I have it on a loop. And uh, it's just telling me about uh, things that have to be done around the company right now and it's not for me it's i stole someone else's answering machine no that's perfect it was probably an admin person's so it's really beefy mm-hmm. on the to-do list of things which is really ideal for your monday night 
yeah. is to just have the weight of the week crushing you. And I've I've poured uh, a lovely glass of wine. Uh, it, it is noted that Fabio actually can't uh, consume people food um, when they eat it or drink it. They immediately throw it up. So I have a small, a very small garbage can near me, but it's too small. Like a hilariously small one under other circumstances would be funny. One that you'd buy at like a craft store that you would never actually use, but they charge three times the amount. Got it, got it. Yeah. All right. You hear the elevator ding. You hear footsteps shuffling. And unlike earlier today, they're a little bit slower as Sebi makes his way into the office and it's really clear by his posture and the way that his shoulders are slumped in that it's just been a hell of an afternoon think fast and i throw a can of soda at him oh fuck god what this is really warm and diet i thought you could use uh, a refreshing beverage Uh, yeah yeah thanks sorry i didn't mean to seem ungrateful well, you were. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Doc, I didn't actually make this appointment. What am I doing here exactly? Do you need help with something? Oh, Sebastian. Sebastian, Sebastian. Take a seat. Is it in one of those tiny chairs? Yeah, the the ones from the schools. that. Yeah, um, the child. They they yeah. give like a an indent into them as if it was going to help, but it made it worse. Yeah, he sits like one butt cheek into it and then just has to lean because the other there's no way the other one's going to fit in there. I have to lock the door. This is a, well, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The patient confidentiality and all that, I get it. That too, yes. Wait, what do you mean that too? Oh, uh, Sebastian. Fabio. Tell me, tell me how of the, um, how are your waffle friends? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think they're good, actually. I think we might have actually been better friends today. Wow. It was a good day. It was a weird day. And not very good there at the end, but... Mm. Why do you think that you you became closer with people? You're not uh, as charming as you are, Sebastian. You're not known for making close friends. Yeah, that's that's true. So, I, what about today? What about today was different. I uh, I just needed their help with something, and mm-hmm. they were they were really great. They were you good sports. Yeah, I might have put them in a little bit t- too much danger, but I think it's okay. That's a part of your life that we've we've discussed a number of times here. You you have trouble leaning on. Other individuals, you try to shoulder the burden, and often it makes others feel like you uh, don't want them involved in your life, right? I mean, you've met my dad. It's it's not like support's really our thing. Yes, your your father is not a father of the year. That's <laughs> no, no, he's not. You're not exactly ideal yourself, though, Sebi. You've you told me that you finally learned to open up and lean on your friends, and that 
the first thing you do is you put them in danger. Okay, okay. Well, I didn't realize that we were going to be in that much danger. And honestly, one of them was unconscious for most of it. So I don't, I don't see how she's... Oh, I see. Uh, the one with the, the hamster. Yeah, Casey. Right. You were quite close with, with Casey now. You, you found uh, camaraderie. She wasn't tainted by the, the ilk of the, the Judge Foundation, yet she's, she's new, bright-minded, and, and enjoys the, the waffle show that you enjoy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I, did, I, I do like her because she's, she hasn't been here that long. She hasn't been here long enough. To get stuck. But you are the Judge Foundation, Sebastian. I'm not. Uh, not yet. Not yet I'm not. You're not? Yet. Would What you did today, would you describe that as a, a normal day for an, a couple of office workers? God, I hope not. What would you describe today as? Is it a day... That is typical for a Judge Foundation employee. I, I wouldn't even say that it was typical for one of us. Honestly, it was... Okay, it was a little, it was a little bit out there. Hmm. And maybe they both shouldn't have been put in that situation. No. Maybe I shouldn't have put them there. Uh. Responsibilities are difficult. We don't want them. We want to live our lives and be free. And you, you, Sebastian, have pushed away from your responsibilities to the Judge Foundation, but now what has that accomplished? You pushed away so much that you didn't even know what was going on in these very walls, and you dragged the people that you've opened up to into this greater danger. That is from you running away, Sebastian. You have possibly ruined their lives. But maybe not. No. I mean, who's to say? Maybe I haven't. I'm telling you right now, you've ruined their lives. <laughs> you know, I take over on Saturday. M come Monday, I can make some real changes here. I don't even know if you'd survive till Monday. All I see is a, a boy sitting in front of me, and you don't even know how to keep people safe that are close to you. At least your father was capable of that. Was, was he? Was he really? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about all of the employees that have gone missing over the years. He doesn't Let's... care about those employees. Yeah, he cares exactly. About you. And no, here oh, you are. No, don't even try that. All evidence to the contrary. He has cared absolutely fuck all about me. Here's a video. And I have a really big, like, like those old beige 1990s monitors. And I <laughs> yeah. turn it and I'm knocking things off my desk. And I'm clicking around. There's a, there's a video on here. That's, that's iTunes. I, no, wait. you don't know. That's iZunes. <laughs> no, I... I don't want that. I don't want to play. No, I don't want to play this. Oh, here we go. Here's the video. 17th birthday. Sebastian. Assassination attempt number 33. 
Oh, look at that. Well, that person has you right in their sights. They're, uh, about to kill you, and wow, their brains all over the place. Let's zoom out a little bit. Oh, there's Daddy with a gun. Look at that. Do you know how many assassins your father has taken out? Might have been trying to take your life each of these times. How many people want the Judge Foundation to fall? You live this carefree, waffle life that you've set up for yourself. Because you were given that world. Given. Wow. Given a gift I never asked for. But you have it. And what am I supposed to do with this? You're supposed to keep people safe and you already failed. You failed because you ignored it. Now what's going to happen to Casey? Nothing's going to happen to Casey. Do you know what the Judge Foundation does? I'm beginning to get that impression. Tell me then, what do we do here? I don't, you, you seem to have all the answers here. Fabio, I've walked in to a firing squad here. Good. What's your goal? What the he You're... What do you want? I want you to see the storm you're standing in. How many times this world has almost been destroyed. We've lost states. We've lost countries. We've lost islands. Yet we're still here. And why? Because of organizations like the Judge Foundation. There has been so many cataclysmic prophecies that have been attempted that we have shut down. And that is your responsibility come Monday. You have to save the world every single week. Why me, though? What? Why is this on one... Why isn't this some sort of committee? Why have... <sighs> there are other organizations, there are other companies out there that assist. So let but them have it. There's something unique about the individuals, the Judge Foundation. You can look into the heart of the far realms and your mind does not snap. You can hold artifacts that should drive most people feral. And you look at it as though it were a paperweight. You have a power, and that power is to be used to protect. You cannot run from this anymore, Sebastian. Like you said, all I've managed to do with it is put people in danger, so... What's... what's the point? So you saw the room. You talked to the smedley. You saw the pizza boxes. You saw the peat bog. You saw the peat. And it unnerved you. It's shaken you. Of course it did. I understand it's not easy for you to deal with this minor thing. But this, Sebastian, is... It's something that has ruined the life of these other two individuals. You know how many people want the peat bog? How would they even find out 
because you let two individuals who have no particular tie other than they enjoy a cartoon that you enjoy see it. They're not going to tell a family member. They're not going to talk to a therapist outside of this. They're not going to get drunk one day and let it spill out. I, I Do you know them. what would happen if anyone got a hold of this information? Well, considering the lengths that my father's gone to keep it secret, I'd say it would be pretty bad. Not just for him. Every trillionaire wants the Pete Bark. They're all researching ways to make this happen. And if they found out about that, it would be catastrophic. They have to die. There is an order to things. What? I, wh no, what? Now, which one? You said Casey was unconscious? Explain that to me. She, she passed out. When? Before Pete even came into the picture. She was unconscious for that whole thing. You don't think that Casey would be faking it? No, it, it might have been a bit drug-induced. Smedley drugged Casey? Yeah, I don't think it was on purpose. No, it definitely was. All right. Uh, well, this is good. This is... Yeah, it means I don't have to kill my friend. One of them. No. No. No, what? Absolutely. Are you fucking Have kidding you me? ever looked at Harold's blog? I mean, it's a little weird, but it's not worth dying over. Harold's Rumbler blog has six company secrets on it that we've had to delete. They've made it to the press. So if Harold wants to put this on Rumbler, what is stopping Harold from having a casual conversation with another individual? I mean... Apart from the obvious. Harold wouldn't do that. He's weird, and he puts on a tinfoil hat sometimes, but he's a good person. Purr. Yes. Purr is a good point. Already Harold has been in communication with somebody who wants the peat bog. Have you ever heard of Percifer? The cat. The cat. It's not a cat. Just like how the hamster isn't a hamster that that person carries around. That cat is an ancient entity. No one knows how old or how powerful they are, but they work for someone even older and stronger and more dangerous. And if that being could get a hold of that... I don't even know if Harold has leaked it yet. We have maybe today. And Persifer isn't just going to wait casually. It's too late. You made this mistake. No, no. Now you have to clean it up. No, I'm not. There has to be something else that we can do that isn't murdering him. Like what? What do you suggest, Sebastian? Because last time we tried wiping someone's mind, their head exploded. Doc, I... I can't... I don't know how to come back if I do this. Like, what path does this set me on? So I can be like my dad? No. He's a piece of shit. So you can be more 
than your father. Lives will be lost. How many lives were lost when the snakes arrived? One of your, one of your relatives had to take care of that. They tried desperately. Lives were lost. Lives will be lost under your watch and you are going to have to make difficult decisions. Today was your mistake. And it will not be your last. I have a way that will make this less difficult for you. What do you mean? I mean, you could do the classic and use the gun. But I feel like that's not really for you. I have something from my home. It's often used on morally gray situations where we we have to get rid of someone like this instance, but the person isn't necessarily a terrible person. Here, take this turtle. It just looks like a box turtle. Mm -hmm. This turtle will consumes the soul of the individual. Their body will fall lifeless to the floor. And while they are within the turtle's soul void, they'll be stuck in a, an idealistic place. Your friend is obsessed with the waffle show. It's probably going to be that, if I'm not quite honest. They have to die. Do you understand how Monday feels now? You want to come in and make some big changes around here, Sebi? Well, here's your first one. You know, you can... You can keep your turtle, because... If someone finds out that's how we went, then they're going to know where it came from. And they'll blame me. I've killed, like... Never mind. I already... I've read your file. I already know. Um... My second big change. Hmm. Come Monday. Right. You're not gonna have a job here anymore. You're the worst. You're the worst fucking therapist. You're not even eating my stress right now. What the fuck? That's your one job. I'm not eating your stress right now because you need it. I consume the stress of your father and all the individuals in this building, apart from Nelvin. Because if I didn't, they would break. Stress is a natural killer of the human species. It was always meant to be. It's your greatest weakness. And so I was the cure for that weakness. Come Monday, if you wish to fire me, fine. I'll leave. That's your decision. But understand, your first decision will cripple this place. But that's fine. Because you need to stumble before you can walk. 
So how are you taking care of Harold? I'll figure it out myself. I don't need to drag anyone else into this. As you've so kindly reminded me. And this Casey. Distance yourself from her. You're only going to get her killed. Fuck you, Fabio. This takes me back to our first therapy session. Yeah, I was nine. That was fun. You said fuck you, Fabio, then too. <sighs> How they grow. I'm proud of you, Sebastian. I don't know if anyone ever tells you that, but... You're going to make a difference. By acting like my father? By being better than your father after you clean up your mistakes. Please don't make me do this. Please? I don't want to. I really don't. I don't even want you to run this company. There's a bright mind behind those eyes. But fate is cruel. We are forced into these situations at times. Do you think I enjoy where I am? I'm under the thumb of this company. I'm sorry, Sebastian. You'll be just as much of a victim as our world is to the oncoming storm. But at least you'll help this world weather that storm. Now go kill your good friend. <laughs> Fuck. It's better you than one of us. Oh, you're right. Do you want the chainsaw? <laughs> now you're just trying to make me feel better. Ooh, I have one. How about this? This is a small termite. You just let go like you're going to slap them. It'll burrow into their skin. They won't feel a thing. It'll consume their brain. And you'll still have Harold around. It's a termite, Harold, but, you know, you can watch the meat suit walk. Okay, I, I am going to take that, but just because I don't want you to have that. No offense. Uh... Very well. Goodbye, Gerald. Here, take him. Take him before I change my mind. I hate that you helped. I'm glad I could. Come here. I'm going to give you an awkward hug. <laughs> and it is awkward, even for him. It's an insect underneath human skin, so it's it's pokey. It's uncomfortable. Insects were never made to hug. No, or they were meant to hug with all of their limbs at once. So it's like it's trying to struggle through the skin to get out and hug Definitely two or three of them rip right through and just Ugh. give like a hug. 
Oh, God. Ruined another Sean. It's okay. We've got a whole closet full of them. Hmm. It's one of my legacies. Well, I'll see you never, Sebastian. It sounds like this is our last session. Be careful of stress. It's been known to be a killer. And he does one of those tight-lipped, not quite making eye contact nods. And he heads for the elevator. Think fast. And I whip another soda can at the back of his head. Oh, he is not ready for that. It smacks him right right at the base of the dome. Ha! <laughs> oh, fuck. God. Cool. Thanks. That'll be great and refreshing after... <laughs> after a fucking day of murder. <laughs> Always is. And I take a nice swig of my wine and just erupt this green, uh, slimy vomit all over the ground. <laughs> Oops. Forgot the garbage can. <laughs> See you later, Fabio. Take care, Sebastian. And he rubs the back of his head as he walks away. The light has shifted as the day rolls into evening, natural light handing over to fluorescent overhead glow. Everyone else in interdimensional relations filtered out already, but you stayed behind. You needed the quiet after the adventure in the sub-basement earlier. You tried messaging Sebi a couple hours ago to check in with your lieutenant, but he has been strangely silent. You pack up, turn to leave, and there he is. Sebi. He's disheveled, his hair a mess from running his hands through it, his eyes rimmed with red and heavily bagged, his button-up wrinkled and undone. He's not looking at you, but rather somewhere off and away, down to the side, as he holds on to the cubicle walls on either side of the small doorway, blocking the way out. So Harold has just finished a box of Mostis cupcakes and he's like wiping some of the cream off on his plaid shirt uh, over his Commander Waffles t-shirt and he's like shoving the plastic into his one of his cargo pants pockets and he kind of hurriedly you know gets his messenger bag or bags and and rushes over to Sebi hey Sebi you're not looking so good Everything okay after our uh, first uh, mission? Yeah, I just had I just had a hell of a conversation with my dad about it. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. And you can see you could see the blood has kind of like left Harold's face. Your your dad was talking. Okay, we go all the way to the top. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Will he say? Well, he wasn't happy, but I managed to make sure that he didn't know that anybody else was involved in it. But uh, I, I got some extra information. Oh, thank you, man. I, I, need, I need a little help getting back to it, but we have to do it soon. Oh, I, I'm all in. I've been cramming these cakes into my face. I'm going to have a sugar high for the next uh, at least two and a half hours. 
<laughs> Perfect. That's way more time than we need for this. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, the guards are on rotation, so we should have, well, we have a bit. Yeah. One of Harold's pupils is like strangely dilated. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, sugar blown. Yeah. You can't tell if it's sugar or just anxiety that's creating this like self induced high. I mean, who's to say? Probably both. <laughs> Probably both. So Sebi leads you towards the elevators and then keeps going right past them. So when do you think uh, we could check in with our bridge captain? Yeah, um, probably tomorrow. I think she had kind of yeah. a heck of a day, so. Yeah, I can understand that. She was out for quite some time, probably needs to recharge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm hoping that she went to the hospital after that and, like, talked to her. Not that Smedley's not a real doctor, but, you know, uh, like an actual real doctor. Yeah, and I hope her hamster's okay after taking a swim. Gosh, yeah. He ate some of that stuff, didn't he? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, My stomach is roiling with, with motion. <laughs> <laughs> don't throw up. That's going to get everywhere. It's going to be like grade school birthday parties all over again. <sighs> and there's just like a faraway look in Harold's eyes. <laughs> I never did get a birthday party. Never? Not once? My parents forgot when my birthday was, so they were never celebrated. Oh, fuck. I just marked it the same day as Commander Waffle's birthday. Oh, God, that's sad. Anywho, what are we, what's our next mission? No, okay, but look, I, uh, I didn't really get birthdays either, so I get it. Today was the closest thing I've ever had to a birthday party. It was thrilling, exciting, full of adventure, a whole new world to discover for Commander Harold. Man, I'm glad. And you know what? We've we've still got more adventures. Got more adventures to go on, you know? Many more to come. And Harold's clapping his back as you said we were approaching the elevators. Yeah, but you guys keep going past them. Mm -hmm. And he keeps angling down the hall beyond the conference room until he gets to the director's office. Whoa, haven't been down here. Fancy. Oh, you've never been to the director's office? Oh, I think maybe on my initial hiring uh, 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 tour, but I never got to go inside. Oh, well. Do I have a treat for you? And he doesn't even miss a beat as you are approaching the door. And the door is normally very carefully locked, but it just swings open. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be more Moses, but this is cool too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you could fit more Moses in you, buddy. Not without it throwing up. Yeah, you're right. And we don't yeah. want that. Yeah. At, at a certain point, the sugar high doesn't outweigh the uh, stomach pains. <laughs> we don't we don't want to get there. Nay, don't know Dion Mostus. Yeah. Ooh. Whoa, it even smells fancy in here. Why don't you go ahead and describe the room? I mean, it's every every typical uh it, it's like a mixture of Dr. Evil's lair and like <laughs> an ornate um classic library, right? It's got things from every century in it relics uh to just um memorabilia from 
long lost television shows and and things like that. Um, just bookshelves from the floor to ceiling left and right. And all these um, either busts or portraits of past judges. Right. And wow. um, the table is like the, or I'm sorry, the desk is like one of those desks that the movers had back pain the next day, like <laughs> pure walnut or whatever the hell yeah. <laughs> ever. And um, just like a gold trimmed red leather uh, chair behind it. But it's it's like um, it's got like a small there's like a small hum because the the chair has um, like small hover technology instead of wheels. Ooh. And that's to keep the, you know, carpets pristine. So, yeah, um, amongst all the, like, old school memorabilia and relics and such, there's also little gizmos and gadgets of different scientific breakthroughs. And there's definitely a telescope somewhere uh, and all that kind of stuff, too. So it's it's like a mashup of, like, an evil scientist layer and, it, like, an old school musty library and there's even like some of the bookshelves have like a glass case over them and every now and again you can see like i don't know if it's mist or whatever of like a dehumidifier right that's like preserving these books they're so old oh and a rolly ladder of course naturally you can't have tall shelves without a rolly ladder right it doesn't reach the floor though it just it's hanging on a very well oiled railing above and terrifying to use. Yeah. And it's almost like the ceilings are are way taller than the hall, hallway that we just came out of, right? It has a very Naturally. vaulted, menacing um, stance or, or, or presence. And maybe behind the desk is the is like a larger old porch older portrait of maybe the founding judge. Oh boy, this is the office of an ass kisser. Of course, I guess you don't get to be director without that. Whoa, they really went all out for this room. Yeah, I, I can tell. But, uh, you know, there's a secret about this room. And they don't tell, well, practically anybody. Whoa, yeah, I feel, I've, I'm, I got goosebumps. Look, and he lifts up his arm and his arm is just like the hairs are standing on end. And he's just <laughs> so fascinated by everything around him. It takes everything within him not to run up to each shelf like a giddy little child. Leaving little Mostus fingerprints mm -hmm. on the glass. Oh, yeah. So Sebi moves behind that beefy, hulking desk, and it looks like he kicks the baseboard in several different places until he hits on one of the cornerstones that's got an intricate little flower on it. And the shelves slide over, revealing this massive, heavy-duty vault door behind the desk. Sweet hunger cake me. What is that? <laughs> well, I think this leads to the one and only interdimensional artifact that we keep here at HQ that we don't shunt off to one of our uh, outposts. And you can see... Harold's eyes like go to the ground and looking left and right he's trying to puzzle it out like what could it be what could it be but nothing nothing comes to mind yeah let's go check it out oh 
hey, wait, uh, after you put in the combination, can I do that cool, like, spinny thing on the main wheel so that, like, like you're doing the movies? Yeah, dude, absolutely. Oh, remember the heist episode of season six? Oh, that was so good. <laughs> so good. They had to save the, the Cool Whip Queen, but, or I'm sorry, they had to save the Cool Slip Queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Before, yeah, keep going. Keep yeah, going. they had to get her into refrigeration <laughs> before she melted, and yeah, the whole end scene was the vault that they kept her in. This is just like that. It is, and just like that, you can't just let a lieutenant open a door like this. The commander has to open the door. Oh hell yeah! And Harold like slams down his messenger bag, and he's like charging over with like <laughs> random loose pocket change, clingling clinging in his uh, cargo pants shorts. So Sebi swipes his key card and the lock disengages. Oh, heck, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the vault door swings in, revealing an almost blindingly white antechamber like the safe deposit room at the bank. Two security desks stand in the middle of the antechamber, both empty. And at the back of the room is another vault door. Twin locks sit on either side of the secondary door with a heavy-duty winch system to the side of the door frame. And Sebi kind of stands aside and gestures for Harold to go in first. And without looking at Sebi, he kind of pats his, you know, he was aiming for his shoulder, but ends up just kind of wiping Mostis on <laughs> his chest. And he says, thank you, Lieutenant. Uh, Ellie." And he begins walking into this blindingly white uh, room with just a look of pure awe. Still don't know what's in here? I... Hmm. I, no, it couldn't be. And he turns around and he like has the biggest childish grin like it's Christmas morning. Uh, is... Is this where you keep the hole? It is indeed where we keep the hole. Oh, so this is, oh, okay. Look, if there's going to be anywhere in this place that my dad keeps secrets and that's not some sub-basement that we've got to take a portal to, it's going to be in here. And I got the coordinates. Oh, man. Talk. I thought it was my birthday earlier. It really is now. <laughs> All right, so we're going to have to do a couple of things here. One, we both need to grab the keys from these desks and open the door at the same time. Aye, aye, Lieutenant. And he, like, has, like, a giddy couple of run steps before he rushes over to the, to the left desk. You're not entirely sure what these security guards do. I think they're probably banking on the fact that it's in the director's office and no one would come in here. To really be their first fail safe, but the key is the only object in the top drawer. <laughs> Fools. <laughs> As Harold swipes it. I know, it. gosh, that's that's gonna have to change. Yeah, I'm sure stuff like this won't happen when you become the uh, numero uno. For a minute, a very quick little minute, there's an odd sort of seriousness that seeps across his face and then shakes his head and grabs the key out of the other desk and makes his way to the door. Yeah, without noticing it, Harold, you know, he's 
Uh, you know, I'm not sure what kind of weird futuristic key or whatever it is, but it, Harold finds a way to spin it as if it's a key on a keychain. He's like, you know, just <laughs> because you'll be a head honcho doesn't mean I won't be your uh, commander anymore. Oh, I wouldn't dream of of not being your lieutenant, sir. That's a sure, yeah, sure to you. <laughs> it's the only job I want. All right, let's do this. And he slips the key in the right-hand lock, and he waits for you to turn yours. Can I make up what these keys actually look like? Sure. Uh, Go ahead. So I, I want to say that they're like probably, they're like almost like a obsidian black small uh, triangle, right? And then there's kind of, you can see little microchip lines almost golden on the left and right sides of them. And there's like a small square that it fits into, right? Like a key, but it is connected to like a typical key chain. And there's like this little, um, it's like a plastic, clear plastic circle. And then like a dab of water. And it's like that little bobbly smiley face on the inside. <laughs> nice. I love it. Very uh, Tron. Right. And yeah. And so after just looking at this key, we kind of get a shot of like Harold's grin as he lifts it up. And then the camera focuses more into the key with his goofy <laughs> grin behind it. He he shoves the key in ready for the next adventure. So this door, it's like an electronic pocket door of some sort where it that's a vault door. If someone tried to break into it, it would be a hell of a time. But because both keys were used, it sort of sinks back a couple of inches and then slides into the rest of the wall. And it just reveals this. Initially, it looks like a very large hole in the ground, like a sinkhole almost. But there's no end to it. It just keeps going and going and going. And if you look up... It's the same exact thing. So it's almost like this is just a doorway in the wall of this never-ending hole. It's like looking into the belly of the hunger. It's amazing and terrifying all at once. Yeah, Commander, I think we're going to have to use safety first on this one. Oh, shit, you're still here. <laughs> Sorry, oh God. And he like grabs the back of your shirt and kind of yanks you backwards away from the edge. I think I, uh, I was having a monologue moment. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just I didn't want you to fall. Yeah, That's all. it's okay. We could take a second take of that later on. <laughs> Here. And he goes along to the wall where there are some sort of light, like lockers in the wall. And he pulls out a ton of ropes and a couple of harnesses and he starts feeding the rope through the winch. I think this is a job for a commander to do. This is commander work going down in there. I have the altitude measurements that you need to go into. I've got an altimeter so that you know where you're going, but I need to be in here belaying for one. Two, if the security guards come back, you're gonna get in a lot more trouble than I would. So, oh, yeah, 
yeah. I need to be the first ones that they see. I mean, that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what do you do, though, if they do come back? You can't just leave me down there, right? Oh, no. I, no, we'll just pull you up. Okay. Duh. And I'll <laughs> tell them that it's judge business. And, yeah. And to fuck off, I guess. Yeah, and uh, lieutenant business at that. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, this is a lot like uh, season eight finale uh, when uh, Commander Waffles found himself at the edge of a bluff looking out at a large abyss that the hunger had taken and he had to choose whether or not to take that final step. Well... Today, the commander says yes. He will take that final step. I'm in. Once you're suited up, you've proclaimed that you're in it to win it. And just before you're about to drop off the edge, and Sebi has handed you a slip of paper with the altitude measurements and the altimeter for it. Yeah, Harold's like committing it to memory. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Right, Good idea, sir. Right. You stand on the edge together, and he pulls you into a very unprofessional hug. But you know, when you're in the Star Guard, hugs are okay. You're in deep space. You need them. Oh. Shabby. <laughs> Thanks. No, no need to worry. It's just like Commander Waffle said in that same finale episode. <laughs> Though the hunger has taken much, and dark is the trail before us. The chef will light our way with the fires of his creme brulee torch. <laughs> no need to fear. Your commander will return. And he salutes you. And Harold salutes right back. How are you stepping off the edge here? Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I think his heart's racing, and he's sweating <laughs> very profusely. His Not just because of the Mostis. Uh, it definitely has something to do with the Mostis, but <laughs> um, also the sheer anxiety of the situation. But there's like also just... Uh, a glimmer of of that of that same happiness that comes from knowing he's about to start the next adventure so although his heart's racing he's got this tentative smile on his face and he's looking at all black below and he says we all good Shabby, I mean, Lieutenant. Sebby gives the rope in the winch a tug and it catches just fine. Sir, yes, sir. All right. Time to get the job done. And he takes one step forward and kind of lets himself fall. Down you go. And you go you go the winds around you starts to pick up speed and you realize you're falling faster now 
The rope never catches in the winch, never pulls against Sebi to stop. In the surreal freefall, you remember the altitude measurements. Episode 308, when bridge captain Lollipop had to convince his former gang of essence takers that he was done with the Starguard Federation. He had to launch Commander Waffles in his escape pod into the deepest reaches of space. But he left a code in the form of coordinates. A code that said, I'm sorry. Somewhere far above, the vault door closes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Harold. Guess that's a job well done. Is it? I'd say so. Do you feel no remorse for Sebastian? Boy had to get here at some point. Sure. But isn't there no grieving in your heart? I know this is a, a road walked many times, but I can't imagine it gets easier. You know, most things stop feeling interesting after a long enough period of time. Then why keep doing it? Because I'm the only one who can. If young Sebastian were to just take up the mantle, what would happen? Could he not try to lead the Judge Foundation? With his ideals? <laughs> On his own? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, there's no one else who could sit in this chair. It feels irresponsible, like you're failing by giving it to another person. Incredibly, yeah. <sighs> Do you think it's worth it in the end, Robert? Well, if the world is still standing, <laughs> absolutely. These humans, they... they mill about. They work there. Eight to four. Some of them are aware, but most of them are not. Oh, to live the life of the mundane. It's better that they don't know. Better that we're here to stop them from knowing, because if they knew... It's not worth it. That happened to my world, you know. We thought... If everyone knew... Maybe... We could do something. If everyone put their heads together... Perhaps there would be enough capable people... To... 
solve the issue, to stop that which seemed unstoppable. But every mortal life form is self-destructive. There were too many that took it as a insurmountable task, and our species almost came to an end. The world is gone. It ate it. And there was nothing we could do. That's what it does. You're feeling oddly sentimental tonight. You don't usually talk like this. I just killed a young boy. It doesn't feel good. I got too attached to young Sebastian. That was my fault. There's a line. And I... I crossed that emotional line. Perhaps I'm feeling... for you in this moment. What are you going to do... about the young woman and the hamster? He'll take care of it. But based on what I've seen, she's getting tangled, and that problem might take care of itself. I'll keep an eye on it, as I always do. But if Sebi's gone this far, what's a little further? So what happens? Monday. What happens to Sebi? Will there be a Sebi? Well, let's not pretend you don't have any idea of what's going on. If anybody knows, it's you. I suppose there's no point dancing around the flesh garden pretending the night gods aren't coming. There will be no Sebi. Just Gaston. You know... Any name that I take doesn't seem to matter, but that one always just tickles right. It's the name you attached yourself to. It is your ego. It is you. Or a part of me at some point. Regardless, come Monday, there will be me where I always am. How long have you known that name, by the way? About as long as I knew that every time you were there, that delivery room, it always crushed you. It is weird, raising yourself. Well, it's more than that, isn't it? You're raising your child. To consume them. And that there are many species that do this. I don't look down my nose at the practice. But I do know that this is harmful each time to you. Not physically. But somewhere it chips away at Gaston. Till there's not much left but a name. If that name is what holds back that hunger that would swallow everything, then I'm fine with it. I've made peace with that. 
But you wouldn't be whipping that around at me if you didn't want something. So, in the interest of getting this blackmail on the road, what do you want? I want you to let me and Sarah go to the facility. The one that isn't ruled by judge. She's an egg. You must have known it by now. You don't dance that close to the sun without getting burned. It's a matter of time before that egg hatches. And you don't have the proper equipment here to deal with it. Twenty-four hours, Chicago will have been harvested. In six months, it'll move again. Growing. Give me Sarah, and let me take her to the facility. And if I do this, where's my guarantee that you're going to keep your mouth shut? Well, I'll be off-planet. I don't think a terrestrial one is going to hold. I can come back here and then when you need me. But I think I'll work at the facility. A 75-25 split. I suppose you've had a lot of chances here to betray me and you haven't done it yet, so... Fine. But one word gets out, and I am blowing up that moon. It's gone. Are we understood? That's understandable. Good. Do you think you're going to weather the storm? It's never been this close before. It's what we've been preparing for. The rest of the cults are crawling. They're starting to move. Let them. It doesn't matter what they're doing if there's no planet for them to do it on. This is fair. You know, bigger fish to fry and all that. You're a son of a bitch, Gaston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Can you at least do something for me? For this young man you will inevitably consume? Well, it depends on what it is. Just make sure he at least feels appreciated. That you're, even if it's a lie, that you're proud of him. Give him something before he's gone. I'll try. By the way, I sold your favorite car. How did you even get the title to it? Your assistant. <sighs> Who'd you sell it to? Um, Nelvin. Who? Nelvin. Uh, do, do you know of them? That name is familiar. Uh, you have a... You have a cockroach in your facility that'll be here 
even when you're gone. When everything's gone. Can't die, that one. I thought it would be a nice little gift to give him the car. That his check bounced, it got repossessed, and uh, I think it's somewhere in Europe right now. Is that the uh, intern? The forever intern. Ah, okay. Hmm. But, um, you might be seeing more of them. Uh, he is the guarantee that this goes on, so... Eh, I'm not too mad about that. Too bad about that check, though. It was only five dollars. I don't think you're paying him at all. That can't be right. Look at... look right here. Look. And the computer glitches out almost immediately as you're trying to point out the payroll. Every single time supposed to be paid. Just doesn't go through. I don't even know where the man sleeps. I don't think he's ever left the building. Woof. That's rough. I can't even confirm if he was born in the building or not, or if he just appeared here one day. There's many ancient entities that walk through here. Be they cats, dragon people, or strange, lovable clones. We have it all. Always will. He salutes you with his whiskey glass and then just turns and faces the city skyline. And when he takes a swig of it, there's so much salt that's in that. It's just like every time he's been looking away, Fabio's been putting a little dash of salt into it. <laughs> ah. oh. ah, you know, you call me a son of a bitch. But I think you might be in the same boat, pal. Yes, but I'm professionally a son of a bitch. You're just an asshole. <laughs> and he downs the rest of that whiskey, regardless of how much salt is in it, and sets the glass down like the arrogant son of a bitch that he is. And then he leans back in his chair, puts his hands behind his head, and just watches the city. So Fabio goes to his office, and it's pristine for the first time ever. He makes sure that everything's set up for whatever poor soul has to take over most of his job. Because he's probably just going to be coming back to help the judge family consume their stress. So he, he looks through, makes sure that most of his belongings are gone. And he opens up one drawer, takes out a pistol puts it in the back of his pants and he goes and he goes through the, the numerous security features opening up to Sarah's room. Sarah. Mm -hmm. It's time. Oh, where's Slime Dog? I need to get his carrier. We're going to the facility. The one not run by Judge. But I haven't left this this building in on over forty years. What? How? Yeah, you're gonna be dealing with a lot of social anxiety. Wow, this is going to. I mean, <clears throat> come on, focus, Fabio. 
I made a deal. I have reached the limits of how I can treat you and keep you from your metamorphosis. Am I gonna hatch? Hopefully not. If everything goes well, and those three... What are they calling themselves here? And I take out a really old uh, phone, like a flip phone, and I'm going through a chat. <laughs> spooky crew. The spooky crew. Uh, if everything goes well, <laughs> uh, no, you shouldn't hatch. This should be okay. It has been a long time coming. I didn't think this day would ever happen. That son of a bitch has agreed to let go. You're no longer under the thumb of Gaston. And there's a couple of confused, because she doesn't quite recognize that name, but there are tears nonetheless streaming down her face because she's just so happy to be finally leaving this place. Can I, can I bring Slime Dog? You'll have to. It's one of the things that have been stopping you from, from changing. <laughs> Come on, puppy, let's go! And Fabio, uh, after we get Slime Dog into the carrier, which takes way too long, because the dog does not want to go in. And he's slippery as hell. Yeah. And we we go through the security features. We we get back to Fabio's pristine office, and we're standing in front of the large window that looks out on the city. Oh, just one second. Just have to make a text message. I have no idea where they are. And I open up the flip phone again, and I open it to a group chat that I have been privy to for a very long time. And I'm scrolling through the emojis and the memes and the, the different messages being sent and the incorrect emojis being sent. Mm -hmm. And I leave a message. The storm is coming, comma. The egg soon hatched, comma. Save Sebastian comma, or face destruction unmatched. Send. Oh, all right. And takes, uh, Fabio takes out the pistol, shoots the window a couple times so that it shatters, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> grabs onto Sarah, looks her in the eyes. Did we do the right thing? I hope so. It feels right. I guess we'll find out. And they jump out the window. And they go falling very quickly towards the ground. But they never hit it. The Lovely Craftians is brought to you by Wampus House Productions and the Penwich Studio Network. Starring Cassie as the writer, producer, and Sebi. Lucas Duff as Dr. Fabio Thiago. Andrew Palmer as Harold Crater. And Matt Surges as Robert Judge. Looking for podcasts to add to your queue? Ballad of the Seven Dice, 
Chasm Quest, and Multiquest Theater all belong at the top of the list. I'll let them tell you why. Oh, greetings there, travelers. We're going for Gibral Famous, no bad. You're probably wondering why I'm running through these woods late at night and then running into a graveyard. Well, that's fair. It's, um... You see, I'm trying to tell a story about a bunch of heroes fighting against a bunch of creatures from the Far Realms and Dorum Hi-Fi are bringing a bunch of weird outer gods in and gods on our side dying and the Forgotten Realms being consumed, but it would seem that a lot of people don't want this story told and I'm honestly not sure why, so I'm on the run. They've, they've burnt down the end, so, you know, gotta build a new one. Join us at BattleToTheSevenDice.com to hear this tale. Gotta run! Hi, we're Chasm Quest. Come with us as we voyage across the Chasm Sea and into a heroic adventure into a new world. The quest is dangerous. I want to ride that sword down his body, like, <laughs> just like split him in half. Mysterious. There's something about the new lens. There's nothing that can prepare us for what's to come. And very, very rowdy. We lick each other's nostrils. <laughs> Listen to Chasm Quest all one word. Everywhere podcasts are streamed. Now, let's set sail. Welcome to a promo for Multiclass Theater, the role-playing podcast with class. Follow the adventures of a shining but dim paladin, a roguish sorcerer, or sorceress rogue, we're still figuring that out. An amnesiac cleric, the creepiest gnome you'll ever meet, and a six-foot-tall sarcastic cat, as they confront the criminal underworld, secret societies, government conspiracies, ancient horrors, but mostly their own personal failings. New episodes are available every other Friday, wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.